All right. There's another website that you need to look at called copyblogger.com. Copyblogger is one of the authority sites. You go sign up, free sign up, and you get a 20-part internet marketing course and 16 free books. This is some of the best information on online marketing that is out there. So just go give them your email address, download the books, and start reading because these guys are the best at content marketing. Very, very high-quality information. Copyblogger.com. All right, I'm running out of time, and I've got more stuff to talk to you about in content. So let's... Traffic. We haven't talked about how to get traffic to your website, how to get visitors to your website. There are two ways to get traffic to your website. There's free and there's paid. So let's take a look at the free stuff. Organic traffic, we call it, is what we refer to people who come to your site as a result of finding you in the search engine. Organic traffic. The information in the Quicksprout site audit gives you the information on how to optimize your site so that you have better chance of getting positioned higher in the search engines results. Your meta description is going to be, your page title and meta description are going to be some of your more important elements because those are what are displayed in the search results and those are the two things that people look at to decide whether or not to click through to your website. So spend some time on those because uh, that just getting positioned in the, getting a nice position in the search results doesn't do you any good if nobody clicks on it. So this is two-part thing. You've got to rank well, but you've also got to attract the searcher to, track, to click through to your website. Um, there are content marketing channels that you can use to pick up free traffic. Create content that can be shared. Guest blogging is a really good way to pick up traffic to your website, people who are interested in what you have to offer. Guest blogging, again, needs to be done right. And the site that I told you about, boostblogtraffic.com, John Morrow, has some good information on guest blogging. If you're interested in really diving into it, he's even got a course that's pretty in-depth uh, that's really good about guest blogging. This is where... Boostblogtraffic.com. John Morrow's site. Uh, guest blogging is where you write an article f to be posted on somebody else's website. It has to be relevant to their audience. It has to meet the needs of their audience. It can't be promotional about you, but almost always they will let you have a little, what they call a bio box, biographical box, a little footnote at the bottom. Jane Doe is the proprietor of Hillside Farms and an expert in growing organic fruits and vegetables, has a home delivery service that, that uh, feeds 500 people in the Hillside area. You know, click here to find out more. 
or you know, some little variation of that type of, of content at the very bottom of your article. If you can get a guest post for a, a site with a lot of visitors, you can pick up a lot of people coming to your website. Popcorn content, think of salty buttered popcorn that people start eating and they can't quit. Short pieces of information, short pieces of content, things that can be shared on social media. Uh, spend some time looking at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Look at those things and see what is being shared. What are people in your network sharing? And if you're not on those, um, just browse around and, and look to get an idea. Uh, pictures, always images, always do well. Typographical quotes, you know, you've got an image with a, some kind of quote overlaid over the top of the image. These things get shared hundreds and thousands of times. And I'm going to be talking more about those in the advanced class tomorrow on Friday. Headlines, I don't have a lot of time to, to go into that, but I will tell you that at that site that I was just mentioning, boostblogtraffic.com, at, at the very top of his site, he offers a book called Headline Hacks. And you should get that and study it very carefully because it is a very good description of how to write headlines that are going to grab people's interest. They're going to click through to read what you've written. So uh, what he's written out there is stuff that pretty much any experienced copywriter already knows. But it's, if you haven't had any copywriting training, it's a really good introduction to how to write compelling headlines. And the compelling headlines are going to be one of the more important things for creating, uh, creating content that can be shared and will get you traffic, visitors to your site. Boostblogtraffic.com. Headline hacks. Mm -hmm. And he's got examples in there so that all you have to do is is plug in words from, from your content and you've got uh, seven things that your grocery store doesn't want you to know about their produce department. Uh, you know, things that, you know, we get tired of seeing these headlines, but there's only one reason that the headlines like that get used. It's because they work. So uh, I personally am on a crusade against any headline that uses weird trick. So please do not write any headlines uh, after you leave here that has one weird trick for uh, growing organic fruits and vegetables because that one has been overdone. It was one of the, when the guy that did it first a few years ago was a genius. He's made a boatload of money off of that headline but everybody stole it and has worn it out. Well, it was, it was a weight loss guy that, that did it. And oddly enough, he's still raking it in. I, I think that headline's still converting for him. But I personally refuse to click on anything that uses weird in the headline. <laughs> so, my, my, 
What's that? That one, one weird trick for, for the, the headline that I'm, I'm referring to, the, it was ori originally this weird trick will help you lose 20 pounds in one week or something. Or one, these, and, and there's, <laughs> I use ad blockers. <laughs> so, so I don't, and partly because of that stupid ad, I just get so sick and tired of it. And, and there are other marketers that saw how successful it was with it, and they stole it and started using one weird trick, three, three weird tricks. One weird trick for, for riding your bicycle without breaking your knees. You know, it's just been overused. Do the guys that call you three times a day with a, with a fake telephone number get in trouble? They, they shut down and set up shop somewhere else. All right, free traffic comes in from these sources from, you will find that search traffic and social media probably are going to be your, your best sources combined for traffic. Social media, you should be sharing your content, your pages, your posts, uh, blog posts, so on. You should be also creating content specifically for social media and posting it to your social media accounts. And that's something that I'll be talking about. A great portion of what I'm talking about tomorrow will be about social media content. Because search traffic is highly competitive in most cases. Local markets, you still have a chance. But if you're not dealing with a local market and, you're, and not being unique, Search traffic requires people who read these 900-page books for entertainment to, in order to compete. Uh, and I was telling you about a business that I work for. They're, they're spending six figures a month on online marketing. If you don't have that kind of budget, you can't compete with them. And this is why it's no longer the build it and they will come thing because you've got the big money players in there with the big teams and the big budgets. They can afford to do keyword research and pay $10,000 a month for a tool that will help them do the keyword research and track what's going on with the pages. They track it down to infinite detail of what's going on on the website. And so search traffic in many cases is beyond the reach of the average person. An effective social media strategy is still available to you uh, because it relies a little less on the technical aspects and a little more on being able to share uh, your information with people and people sharing what you've created. And so social media marketing is huge right now. It doesn't require a huge budget. You can invest as much money in it as you want if you've got it, but it, it doesn't have to be. So paid traffic, AdWords is the, about the fastest way to get traffic. I could set up an AdWords campaign and have traffic coming to my website in about five minutes. It would take me several hours to set up the campaign to be effective. I mean, you can set up the campaign in five minutes, but 
the ad probably wouldn't be very effective, the headline wouldn't be. So in order to get the headlines and everything done properly, it would take a while to set it up, but once I turn it on, the traffic would start showing up to my website almost immediately. So if you need fast infusion of traffic, this is one way you can get it. It works best if you have something that you are selling and that you can turn the click to your website into a sale fairly quickly. Facebook ads, other paid social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter is about to go into paid ads, Instagram, uh, I think there's ads in there right now, and Pinterest also, but you can still get a lot of traffic from those without dealing with the paid advertising if you do your strategies right. So these are things you do to get traffic into your website. What happens when somebody comes to your website? One of the things that you are going to need to do is build a list. You've, if you've been around marketing at all for any length of time, you've heard the saying, the money's in the list. You need to create a list. It's just nowadays, because of the effort that you're putting into creating a website that gets results, I don't see that you have any other option. You have to create the list in order to recover your investment. Um, if you're doing e-commerce where you have sales that you're making directly from your website, you might can get away with it. But you've got to capture. It, it's easier to sell somebody that has already taken some kind of action with you, you know, they've given you your, your, their email address, they've bought something from you. It's easier to sell them a second time than it is to go get a new one, a new client, a new, a new lead. So you have to have means of capturing the, uh, the name of a visitor. Uh, and this engage with site visitors kind of got misplaced, I think. It's an important element of your web page design. You can do this through comments, uh, comment sections on the page, uh, social sharing. There's plugins like Add This that, that automatically puts a, a little thing on your page that lets people share it with their Facebook account or their Twitter or Google Plus or whatever. Solicit feedback, ask people for information, ask them for uh, their experience. What, what was their experience on your website? Engage with them. Uh, make it a conversation back and forth, not just a here I'm shouting at you kind of thing. Okay, now we're they build a list. It's critical. And I can't tell you how many businesses this is where they fail. They put so much effort into their website and then fail to capture names. And so they're constantly reselling the, the new visitor to their website, trying to capture that new visitor and turn it into a sale. It's much, much easier to capture their name, build the list. You're going to need an email management system to do this professionally. Uh, these are the three that I have any experience with. Aweber, Constant Contact, and iContact. I use Aweber just because I have the longest amount of experience with it. 
For every email management system that's out there, you will find people that love it and people that hate it. Um, I would avoid one that charges you per message. Almost all of them have a different fee schedule depending on how many names you have in your email database. Please use one of these rather than trying to send out email from your email account because your local internet provider will not like it if you're sending out emails to a group of people, a large group of people. If you have 500 names on your email list and you're trying to send them out through your, your own email, your local provider is likely to think that you're spamming and shut down your email account. So using something like AWeber, Constant Contact, iContact, not only will you avoid that, but these guys work very carefully to make sure that their email gets delivered because that's their business model. They deliver your email. There's, there is some of that, but, but if you don't, it, it's all come out, of, come out as a response to people abusing the system and sending out all those drugs for uh, those emails for Canadian pharmacies and online casinos and all the other stuff that ends up in your junk mail. There have been efforts to control that. And so, yeah, it ends up, again, back in the 90s, we didn't have all of these tools. A. Weber came up in the late 90s and we all jumped all over it because it was an autoresponder, which meant that if somebody sends in an email, you can automatically set up a sequence of emails that they're going to get automatically. They're added to the database and on day one they get email number one, on day two they get email number two. I don't have to touch it after I've set it up. It's a wonderful uh, marketing tool. But Nowadays, it's become a necessity to use this because there's been so much abuse that the, the local internet providers will shut down anything that, that looks like spam and cancel the accounts. Black, you can even get your domain blacklisted, which means that nobody will deliver your email. They, are, they do get shut down, but what happens is they just move to a different location, virtual. And, and they're working. So they get shut down and they just open up another. And they work offshore outside of U.S. jurisdiction. And there are a lot of countries that just don't really care. They want the money. Uh, so it's, this issue of spam is a real problem. And to avoid getting caught up in it, it's a lot easier to pay AWeber a $20 a month to manage your email database for you. unsolicited email and it can be unsolicited email of any kind I could email you tomorrow and you could complain that I was spamming you well if you're if you add me to your contact list email that I send you will come through if not there's a good chance that it'll it'll get filtered off into the junk mail so if you want to hear from me, you should add me to your contact list. Let's say the, the local internet service provider doesn't know that those are in your contact list. It just sees you sending 100 emails. Yes. And that's usually what happens. 
So please, and another thing on, along this line is please don't buy a database of 500,000 emails and send out <laughs> to everybody because that is spamming and you will get shut down. You know, the, the problem is that, that most of us who try to be law-abiding, we're at a little more risk than those who just really don't care because we can make mistakes that, that get us shut down, blocked, and so on. But there are people who will try to sell you a database of emails and say, you know, you can mail out to 100,000 email addresses and send your message to them and, and get rich. Don't do it. Only send emails to people who have requested information from you. And that's one of the things, another reason that, that if you use one of these management systems, they force, they have their system set up, to force you to use it in a certain way. And by doing that, you are complying with U.S. laws. So it, rather than having to know every detail of the law, if you use one of these systems, they're going to force you to, to follow the law because they want to make sure that they don't get shut down too. Yes. Well, when you get a LinkedIn information or a LinkedIn invitation, um, the only way you can connect with them then is to go in through LinkedIn. All right, a couple of important concepts that you need to know about email marketing. We've got 10 minutes here and, and I'm gonna kind of go fast, but at least you'll have the vocabulary to work with. Opt-in bait, if you look at, at John Morrow's site, that Headline Hacks ebook, is opt-in bait. He is offering some bait there for you to grab. The hook is that you have to give him your email address in order to get that book. It's something you want. It's something I recommend. John does not abuse the privilege of getting your email address, so you're safe giving it to him. He gives you very good information in return. Opt-in bait is usually a report of five to ten pages something very useful information that your visitor that's targeted very specifically to your target market because you don't want somebody on your email list that's not interested in organic fruits and vegetables if that's what your website is about that's what your business is about you don't want somebody you, you shouldn't have an opt-in bait piece that's talking about how to restore antique cars it has nothing to do with what you're doing you might get a lot of people on your list but you're not going to sell them your fruits and vegetables. Checklists are really good. Um, and it might be what you might have is if you're, if you're teaching gardening classes, your checklist might be uh, you know, a year, year's worth of gardening checklists, you know, what you do at certain times of the year. In January, what should you be doing in, in your gardening plan? for getting ready for spring and so on. Uh, very easy to create and people will, will give you their email addresses for that all day long. Podcasts or audio interviews, you don't have to be talking about, you don't have to be lecturing. You can interview an expert in pest control or homeschooling or something. You can interview them and, and post that on, or, or offer that as opt-in bait. Webinars, online training sessions, these are also really good. Uh, it takes you a few hours to prepare and put them on, but they are excellent for collecting names of people who are interested in what you have to offer. 
Just again, make sure it's targeted to your specific market that you're looking for. Content upgrade, this is something that, that I haven't seen very many websites do this. So if you do this, you are likely to get some decent results. The, the way this works is that you have a page. We've talked about the long tail keywords. You have a page that answers a question or provides relevant information. At the end of the article, if you would like to know more about it, download our free report on how to control June bugs. Now, it's, this free report is 10 pages that you've, of information that you've compiled from your own experience and from research on the internet. You've put it all into your own words. You've put it into a nice PDF format, and it's an upgrade. Your article was about pest control and maybe talked about June bugs, and then now you're offering more detailed information. It's an upgrade of the content in exchange for the email address. From what I've seen, it seems to be working very well, and I'm surprised that more people aren't using it. So uh, I would suggest you give that a try. Landing pages, uh, very important concept when you are, um, when you're dealing like with social media. If you are creating a piece of content that you're send, sharing out on social media, and the idea is to get somebody to click to your website, don't send them to your home page, please. Send them to a unique landing page that has two options. You can sign up or leave. It's also called a squeeze page. Typically, all of the navigation elements are removed off of the page. And all there is is the box for them to give their email address, or they can click and go away. And in order to, for that to work, your offer, what you're offering, has to be compelling. It has to fit what they are looking for. And a lot of people are not all that good at it. And so you end up often, you know, you'll find a, a large number, pardon me, you'll find a large number of people will bounce off of the page and not sign up. And that's fine. We're not trying to please everybody. We're not trying to grab everybody. Bounce rate is something that you need to be paying attention to, but it's not something that Google worries about. Okay, so we've talked about removing the navigation. Some of the themes uh, Divi, the one that I'm using for our website, has, has it set up where it, it'll build the landing pages for me with the opt-in box and everything, and, and I don't have to worry about dealing with a lot of design issues. So there are some themes that are, are designed for this. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most customizable themes that I've seen. There are over, there's about 300,000 people using it right now. And while if you know what you're looking for, you can see similarities. Uh, there are some elements that you can look at and see, but uh, there are an infinite number of possible, because of the drag and drop, that module thing that I was showing you, there's so many combinations that you can do that, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's not a consistent design. It's more like a module, drag and drop module type editing type of thing. Uh, rather than something like a cookie cutter template. It's, I, I have yet to figure out a good way to describe it, but it's, I, I don't think there's much risk of looking like everybody else. 
leadpages.net, you don't have to buy their service, but I would suggest looking at their service, maybe getting involved, looking at some of their emails, some of their blog posts, because they are the leader right now in landing page uh, information. When you have your list, now you can send them information regularly. I would suggest at least once a week. And then until you get really good at it, I wouldn't go much more than that. There are marketers who can send an email every day or three times a day and still not alienate most of their list. Um, but until you learn how to do that, I would stick with once a week. And yes, people will unsubscribe from it, but don't, don't uh, cry over it. Just a little sidebar on that. When you're sending out an email, make sure that each line is no more than about 50 characters wide. Uh, it's just a, considered a best practice, although in many marketers will use 20 characters wide, uh, even narrower lines than that, but I like 50. As you build your email list, I'll give you a rule of thumb that, that you can kind of use in calculating. Your email list, if you do it right, is probably worth about a dollar per month per name. So if you have 500 people on your list and you learn how to do email marketing halfway good, you don't have to be an expert, but if you're half good at it, you should be able to earn about a dollar per name. Some marketers are good enough to make $2 per name per month. Um, I'm not there yet, and they're very aggressive. Uh, so most people find that a dollar per name per month is a, is a good rule of thumb. And so it gives you an idea of the value of building your email list. So you can sell your stuff, you can sell somebody else's. It's in the online world, that's known as affiliate marketing, where you can promote somebody else's uh, products and get anywhere from 20 to 50 to 60% of the sale price. And in some cases where there's special promotions being done, you can get 100% of the sale price. So uh, it's, not everybody is, has a market that's suited for this, but I wanted to bring it up because some of you will. Uh, you know, the homeschool market, the information product market, courses, consulting, that type of thing, uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. All right. And I'm going to, like I said, this is your most effective marketing strategy. The other has been a foundation. This is where you actually are converting into sales, is through your email list. Track and analyze because you're gonna, when you guess, you're gonna be wrong about 80% of the time. Don't pay any attention to vanity statistics. If I have 10,000 followers on my Twitter account, it does not mean a thing. I could go out and buy 10,000 Twitter followers and show you my account tomorrow morning and have 10,000 followers. It doesn't mean anything. All that means anything is what results are you getting 
and what results did you want? So if you have a business, it doesn't even matter how many visitors you get. It matters how much money are you making? How many sales are you making? If you have a ministry, you're going to have a different metric than money. It's going to be more how many people are engaged with what you're doing. Um, but if you're dealing with business, don't worry about, I'm not getting any traffic. What you need to look at is, am I getting any sales from this? Because in some businesses, one sale is enough to pay for your year's worth of, of online marketing. Most of us don't have a business like that, but it is possible. So don't pay attention to the vanity statistics. Don't get caught up in how many people are visiting your websites. You need to know what kind of sales am I getting as a result of my online marketing efforts. Traffic is important, but not the only, not the primary measurement. Like I said, the conversion rate is, and sales are critical. Analyze your statistics, and I'll, we'll talk about statistics here in just a second. And a quick sidebar, think about the lifetime value of your customer. And if you're not familiar with that concept, Google it sometime and learn more about it because this is a case where if you understand the lifetime value of your customers, and I'll just go back to the CSA example. If you know that your customer, your average CSA customer is going to stay with you for two years and is gonna pay you $200 a month for those two years, that's 24 months times $200, so you've got $4,800 that that customer is worth. Would you spend $50 to get a new customer if you knew that they were going to spend $4,800 with you in the next two years? This is why you see companies spending big dollars on advertising and you know that they're not, making, they're not breaking even on the first sale. That's why they can spend $30 for a click on an AdWords campaign because they know that that lead, if that lead doesn't convert, there's a certain percentage that will and they're going to make thousands of dollars. So understand the lifetime value of the customer and it'll, and it, gives you a, a metric to work with as you're analyzing these results. There are free, two free tools that you need to learn how to use and you need to use Google's tutorials on how to use them. There are good videos on YouTube where other people have, have showed you how to use these Google Analytics and Google Search Console. They give you a lot of information about the traffic that's coming to your website you need to set it up on your site and study it. Learn how to use it and pay attention to it because the clues, this is where you get your feedback. How's your website working? What's it, are you getting the results that you want? Are you getting results that are, are making your investment worthwhile? Because as you've seen, this is an investment of time. Uh, at the very least, it's a big investment of time. And if you don't have time to throw at it, then it's gonna cost you money because there's the knowledge, the cost of acquiring the knowledge, the cost of the time it takes to read these 900 page books. And then to implement it takes another big chunk of time. Uh, I think I mentioned that a, recently I read an article by an SEO expert this is the guy that spends his time doing on-site SEO, the technical stuff. He was saying that for the average business that he works around, 
it takes between 12 hours and 100 hours a week just to do the on-site SEO work that he does. So it's, it's time-consuming. There's a challenge in being consistent. Staying, you know, once you get started, you have to keep going because if you slack off and slow down, stop, your position in the search engines is going to slide. Your audience will go away. So there's a couple of solutions. You can hire the work done if you don't want to do it yourself. Quality is expensive, though. Expect to pay $100 to $200 an hour if you find a reputable SEO person or website developer to take care of the online marketing for you. It's, it's not cheap, but hiring the wrong person to do it can cost you. Uh, I was speaking with a, a gentleman the other day, uh, last month, and he had a business, he had a subscription business. And I, I won't go into all the details on it, but he had 6,000 subscribers paying him a chunk of money every month. His SEO guy died, very inconvenient for him. The guy died and he hired somebody else to take his place. And two years later, he has three subscribers. Do not pay anybody anything if they promise you a specific result. There is nobody who can guarantee to get you on page one, number three, number one, number seven. There is not, it is not possible to guarantee specific placement. So when somebody comes and promises you that, just smile and walk away. So screen carefully. You can designate one person to, in your family or on your, if you have a team, designate one person to become an expert and do the work. And that's what most businesses try to do. Again, just be aware that it's a, an investment. And remember that I started out with this morning, this is marketing. It's not IT, it's not programming, it's not computer science. Do not go to an IT expert for help with online marketing, please. It's marketing. The technology can be learned in a weekend, but the marketing concepts take a lot longer to sink in. One thing that you have at your disposal that other businesses may not is barter. You know, find somebody that in your area that would be interested in some kind of an exchange. You never know. It's, it's legal in anywhere, in anywhere in the world, it's legal. What you have to do is you have to report it because it's income. So if I barter with you and you're going to, to give me $200 worth of groceries every week in exchange for me working for you, I have to report that as income. You have to report it on a Form 990 as, as a, as a uh, paying a contractor, paying a vendor. And, but, but I have to pay tax on it as income. They don't care if it's food or cars or whatever, but I have to pay cash tax for it. So it's, it can be a little bit of a challenge. There are some legal ramifications, but yes, it's legal. As long as it's reported. As long as it's reported. However, I will say that I would venture to guess that 98% of barter transactions are not ever reported. <laughs> and if, if anybody wants to... Has, a, have, has an extra house on their farm, you know, and would like to, to have a, a full-time 
or a, an experienced SEO tech working on their website, our family's looking for a place. So there's your barter opportunity right there. <laughs> we, we moved out into the country last year and, and our next phase is to start getting really involved with agriculture. So, okay, we didn't have time for the live audit and I'm sorry for that because I wanted to go through that uh, process with you and, and sh show you the insides of it. But uh, you've got the information, you've got the file now that Quick Sprout Audit will let you go through and do it yourself. Uh, I recommend that you do it, uh, take some time with it, and figure it out. It's, it's a little intimidating, I realize, but uh, I think you'll, you'll find great value in that. Here's my contact information. I am available for questions whenever. Uh, if you have a question, uh, about your site specifically, probably the this address is is the one to contact me on if you want to know uh, more about what we do for ministries and churches and schools. Then the Center for Online Evangelism uh, email would be the best for that. All right, it is five ten. Does anybody have any questions before we shut? Tomorrow, we're going to get more into content marketing uh, and social media. So it's going to be more detail about how to use the social media, uh, how to use the content marketing. Probably I'm going to go into more detail on the email stuff because I was rushed on it today. So it's, it's going to be a little more advanced, assuming it's going to assume that you've already got a platform that's as optimized as you can get it, and then what to do next to really get the best benefit from it. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.